The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. You know, people might remember last week uh, that uh, during our discussion here uh, with Regina and Mick, we kind of veered towards the end in the direction of uh, public ownership and provision of healthcare. And I promised it's an issue we'd come back to. Well, we're coming back to it today. Before I get to Regina uh, Doherty or Mick Barry, uh, let's hear what the people in the streets of Dublin had to say when asked by Quisha Connolly, our own reporter, whether they think all healthcare in this country should be publicly owned and operated. I would say mostly public. When it's all public, the rich people are more invested in the public uh, healthcare. So if you have public and private, then there's two different standards for healthcare for two different classes in Ireland. So it should all be the same, so people are incentivized to make sure it's good for everyone. It's like the system they have in uh, Norway for uh, education. They all have, there's no private uh, schools there, so all the rich people are invested in the public schools for all the kids, so nobody is getting a worse education than anybody else. Uh, so I feel like that should be the way for healthcare. We all probably will know. I think so. I mean, I was sick with cancer when I was a kid. And my dad wasn't working at the time, so everything was paid for, you know, my surgeries, everything. And if my father was working at the time, if he was working, what it cost us about 100 grand. That was 30 years ago. I was on chemo for five years and everything was paid for by the government, which is, which is great, you know. It was 35 years ago. So I don't think it should be all private now. A bit of both, like. It should, should go on your earnings, you know, if you're in a... A wad of money every week, you should pay for it. And if you don't, you shouldn't. Um, I think you have to have a bit of private because people with money are going to want to want the best healthcare. If they have the money, then then they can they should have that option. All right. So a range of views there expressed in the streets of Dublin to our own reporter Quisha Connolly McBarry, the socialist TD for Cork North Central. Mick, should healthcare be publicly owned and operated? Yes, I think it should. Uh, the way in which you framed the question is should all healthcare be public? Uh, You could frame it slightly differently and say, should we have a public healthcare service in this country which is so damned good that people don't see the need to go private or don't see the need for private uh, health insurance? One of the people in the Vox Pop there uh, said, uh, you know, let's go for a bit of both. Maybe best of both worlds. Uh, type of a thing. But the point that I would make is that in order to have a strong, thriving private healthcare sector, the public system must fail. Because if the public system is that good, you know, the majority of people won't see the need to go private. And I do believe, I'm sure that Regina will contest this, but there are vested interests in the health service uh, big companies, big corporations, um, you know, connections with government, with Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael. And if you want to keep the private sector doing well in healthcare, you have to make sure that the public sector is not that great. And I think that's the reason why uh, we have three beds per 100,000 in this country compared to an average of five uh, nearly twice as much it's in the wealthier a, it, it's countries. It's done intentionally to, to disimprove the public service. If the, if to drive the, people and money to the private sector. If 
Well, I think you're trying to kind of point towards that I'm maybe some kind of conspiracy head there no, or something. No, I'm absolutely not. That's no. genuinely what I think you've just said. Yeah, what, what I'm saying is that uh, if you had a government who are absolutely determined to build a world-class public health care system in, the, in this country, it would come up against the private uh, 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 interest who'd say, no, 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 you're cutting across us. And I don't think Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael are going to do that. Regina Doherty is a Fine Gael uh, senator. Regina? So first of all, um, what I believe, which is slightly different to what we have, right? but what I believe is that all healthcare should be on the basis of need and at the earliest point of intervention that it can be. And that's, to my mind, you would have not a perfect, but a very near perfect system um, of delivery of healthcare. Um, and we kind of have that with Slauncher Care, which Mick well knows is an all-party um, commitment that's government finance, not just this government, the last government, and please God, the next government. Now, it's been frustrated and we can talk about that differently. But what we do have um, is... Uh, a system that works very well with people when they actually get into it. But what we have is a system that is absolutely strangulated by the silos that Mick is right, but they're not the same silos that he's citing, um, that control how we um, have change and how we actually improve the system. And it certainly isn't for the want of money. So for argument's sake... Excuse me. In 2016, 2017, when the country started to recover, you know, from that disastrous cliff edge... um, issue that we had back in 2008 and 2009, um, we were spending some 17 billion euros on healthcare in Ireland. Today, in 2023, we're spending 23 and a half billion. And unfortunately, to my mind, and maybe others will argue with me, we don't see the value or the size of the improvements that that amount of money, that serious investment um, should actually be delivering for us. Um, if you go back even further, which would involve other governments, not just, you know, the Greens uh, and the Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael's, but we would have had Labour in government over the last 20 or 30 years. In the last 25 years, we've seen an 800% increase uh, on health spending per capita. So back 25 years ago, when me and, and Mick were young ones and young fellas, we were spending 400 euros, the equivalent of 400 euros per head on healthcare. Today in Ireland, we're spending 4,000 euros per head per healthcare. But make us right, we still don't have what should be considered, you know, a world class service for the money that we're investing in it. And there's a variety of reasons why. And it isn't uh, private healthcare. And I think the reason that you see some 40% of people in Irish life, Irish society choosing to have private healthcare as well as paying for the public system. Mm. So it isn't a case of that we're, you know, de incentivizing people. You don't have a choice. You have to pay your taxes. And with that taxes, we spend that 23 billion on health. But some people do feel that it isn't necessarily being delivered on the basis of need in the timely manner that they would like for their families. And they make that choice which, with their with their hard-earned money to have that. Well, I think. But the, essentially the point, uh, one of the points I'm making here yeah. is, uh, yes, we have had an increase in health spending, but you're putting it into a system which is neither fish nor fowl. It's cured its egg, right? So let's have a quick look at this. I mean... Back in the day, you had a health service in the country which was run on the base of Victorian charity. And at the beginning of the 20th century, you began to have some uh, welfare state type investment. Then, after independence, you had a lurch towards church control of education. After the Second World War, uh, some welfare spending, welfare state measures again. But in the last 20, 25 years, a lurch towards privatisation. So you, you don't have a vision there for the health service. And the vision should be the original vision that inspired the National Health Service uh, across the water. In other words, um, free from the cradle to the grave, quality health care for all, funded 
by steeply progressive taxation. In other words, everyone pays, but the people who have more money, and especially the people who have cornered mm. the, the bulk of the wealth, they pay the bulk towards the uh, the health service. And I think Slauncher Care is a kind of a, a half a step towards that. But Regina is right. It has been frustrated. I was on the committee that discussed that report. Yeah. Everyone says it's an all-party report. Actually, there was one person who didn't sign their name to it, and that was me, because I felt it didn't go far enough. But it did have progressive changes in it. The idea that everyone would have access to GP care, yeah. primary care, free of charge, access to the public health service. But six years on, you know, less than half the way, probably even less than a quarter of the way down the road to that, under governments led by Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil, when actually we need to go further and have an Irish National Health Service properly funded and accessible to all. So the thing that's interesting with Mick's model is, is that the NHS, which is, you know, his gold star that his, his dream would be, is actually isn't in great shape at the moment. And what's also interesting is about the figures that the UK per head spend on health is actually less per capita than we spend here in Ireland. You have the UK mm-hmm. nurses are about to go on. So it is, it's actually, it's 3,000 sterling is what's spent mm-hmm. per person uh, in the United Kingdom versus our 4,000 euros. And so it's either nearly the same or we spend a little bit more. But either way, they have experiencing the same difficulties. They've got pay issues with their nurses. They've got pay issues with their doctors. Excuse me, they've got incredibly long waiting lists. All of the things that we're suffering from, they're suffering from too. Now, we can go and look at all of the common things that we have. We've growing populations. We've obviously got, none of us have enough GPs, none of us have enough consultants, um, you know, and that's why we all have to go off to the Middle East to look for annual recruitment drives. But the gold star to what Mick espouses for isn't in as good a shape as probably our HSE delivery is. And yet we would still be very critical of it. And the one thing I am mindful of, not only is the people that work in our services um, in Ireland, and that's why I got so probably upset with Mick last week because the people that work in nursing homes didn't deserve you know, the, the critique that he, he gave them last week. The people that work in our health services are absolutely phenomenal. Yet the silos that they work in and the management of those silos are actually thwarting okay. the, the change that we need. And yeah. I'll give you two examples. Number one, the doctor contracts, the probably only doctor contracts that we've negotiated for years that now the IMO won't, um, won't stand over or won't support. It's nearly 300 grand of a salary. It's crazy that they wouldn't support. Somebody wants to be a doctor in the public service and earn 300 grand a year. And the yeah. second thing is patient identifiers which would radicalise the delivery of health service across sectors in Ireland and allow us to have primary care, allow us to have um, acute hospitals, allow us to have elective hospitals and to be able to share the information. And again, it's those silos that have thwarted the advancement of it. So first of all, the comparison with the UK, right? The National Health Service in the UK has been run by Tory government for the last nearly 15 years. And a Labour government, which wasn't much different from a Tory government uh, before that, it suffered from cuts, it suffered from privatisation. But even still, you've got about 15% more staff uh, per patient (laughs) in the NHS than you have in uh, this country. And you don't have the huge scale of private costs uh, that people are forced to to, to take on here. I mean, €1,300 a year out-of-pocket expenses, uh, €1,500 per adult, a health insurance. And on the issue of workers, can I make a, a concluding point about this? Because there is a particular point okay. I think you know that I want to make about workers Go in uh, the health service. I want to talk about a particular uh, group and put a challenge up to uh, Regina here as well. The The government um, brought over a thousand Indian nurses at the start of uh, this year to work as healthcare assistants and home care assistants in uh, the private sector in the health in the health service. They're here on two-year work permits. Their basic wage is 27000 a year. Now, 27000 a year is three. 
20,000 below the threshold for family reunification. So it means that they're doing difficult, stressful, mentally draining work in our health service, but they can't be with their partners. They can't be with their family. They're separated from uh, 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 their kids. I think that's wrong. And I think that they should be brought up to the pay level of healthcare assistance in the in the HSE, which would bring them over the thirty thousand. And I'd like to ask Regina her uh, point of view on that because I think this is a real labour exploitation scandal going on underneath our noses. So, first of all, the government don't employ healthcare assistance in the private sector. The government employs, and we you do have them a health over on twenty seven thousand a year as we, part of the agreement. Who's we? The government. No, no, the government. Mary Butler. The government don't signed employ, off on that deal. Sorry, the government don't employ private healthcare workers. The government stipulated that the no, basic rate be twenty seven thousand. Sorry, do you if, expect if you're, any private sector employer? If you're a private healthcare worker to, and you employ someone, if you employ somebody, respond. then it's up to you and your employer what you get paid. It's not up to Mary Butler what somebody gets paid in the private sector. If you're talking about section thirty eight or thirty nine, which I know you're not, then that is something you set different. the basic rate. Sorry, we don't set the rate for the private sector. Do you think we set the rate for nurses in the bonds or in the beacon or consultants? We tell when them what they get paid. When you brought the nurses over on work permits, we state work we don't permits, set you stipulated that the but basic rate question. would be twenty seven. I will answer 000. your question. First of all, anybody that's doing the same job should be paid the same rate, and it isn't ethical that anybody should be brought from India or anywhere else in the world and not allow them have reunification with their family here in Ireland if they're good enough to come and work in here then it's up to us to make sure that we're good enough to provide excuse me a job for their husband and we have plenty of jobs in the country and uh, resources for them to bring their families over so if that answers the question then yes basic rate needs to be increased the government does not employ people in the private healthcare sector Regina Doherty Finnegan Senator Mick Barry Socialist TD for Cork North Central thank you both very much The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan weekdays from 4 on News Talk.